2: Welcome to RoadWire's Wednesday NBA DFS Podcast. I'm Joe Bartle, and alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Ben, how are you doing today?
1: Good to be back. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a large slate of games after, you know, yesterday's three. I think there's like three
2: games. Yeah, week, so yeah. It's kind of boring. Well, large slate is an understatement. We have a whopping 12 games to yeah. cover today for Wednesday's uh, coverage. It just is, it's a lot. It's a lot to even filter through and try to figure out a lineup that works for you.
1: Yeah, even it's even more games than uh, that Monday slate where I uh, happened to... Uh, take the victory over here I'm, I'm i was i was afraid you were gonna bring that up <laughs> i how do i know how do i know i mean you sh- yeah you should have assumed i would have bring, uh, brought that up it looks like the overall series um i got three wins you got four yep so you still got the, the hedge on me there but i mean monday's lineup was pretty big for me
2: i can't even be mad that you're rubbing it in my face because <laughs> i mean you just you kicked my ass
1: yeah it was it, it was, was big we i think we ended up with about 340 ish yeah so that was huge for Fanduel. um yeah, Blake Griffin, fifty-five points. Kevin Love, fifty-nine. Drew Holiday, fifty-five. So, uh, all my you know the guys I paid up for
2: it definitely paid off. It wasn't even like my lineup was bad. I, I hit around the two seventy-two eighty range, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. It was it was more that my guys that I, I kind of gambled on with lower prices didn't end up working out. Yeah, yeah. A few of the higher price guys. Just didn't, didn't pan out what you'd be expecting, too. Right, right. Normally, when I'm going through the scores, I'm like checking late at night, and I'm actually on ESPN going through the box scores because when I'm looking at these, it's a lot easier for me to to not have to see how much I'm getting my butt whooped. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, so I'm going through, clicking through you guys. I'm like, man, oh, he's got to have like 40 FanDuel points. And oh, my God, that's, that's 50 FanDuel points right there. Oh, and it just it was that way for every single one of your players.
1: Yeah, I, I, I pretty much hit on everyone. Except Joe Johnson, which was a tough pill to swallow. Well, and it's funny because um,
2: like the night before or the night after, he he ended up having a really good game. Yeah, and he had a good one before
1: that too. Right. So I kind of hit him on that uh, the valley there. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. He ended up with like eleven Fanduel points, which which kind of sucks. But
2: um. Yeah. It was it was a good night overall, and I'm glad we're uh, getting that series a little closer. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, throughout this whole process, we've been kind of back and forth on these games. So I can only assume that I'm going to end up just crushing you and tonight's sleeping right <laughs> there's no
1: chance but i mean I'll, I'll let you get the get your hopes up real quick here and uh we'll see uh we'll see next monday if okay if that panned out for me. i
2: get so when i'm when i'm normally thinking like we're looking back at this i'm always am i up on the on the year am i down I, I i can never really tell so it's one of those times where i'm like i think i'm up i think i'm up but
1: yeah and it's actually great we actually have a new feature on the site it's actually called the dfs analyzer um, if you go to our daily section, you can um, you should see it in the first column there under like the NBA optimizer under the NHL. It's actually bolded, so you should see it pretty pretty easily there. Now you're making fun of me because I didn't actually realize we had that. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's you're what saying, I'm you can, you can see this. You can actually see, see, see this. this. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> like I said, it's called the DF an- Analyzer. Um. You import your, um, your specific site, whatever site you use. So it could be FanDuel. Um, it could be Draft, Draft Kings. Kings Draft Day. You can sort by sport, so you'll import all your your previous contests. You can see your last two months. You know whether you're up or you're down with the last six six months last year or two years. So yeah, it's, that's, that's fascinating. Pretty, yeah, and you can uh, yeah, it's nice where you can sort it too by sports if you do NFL and NBA or um, anything like that. So that's a nice new feature that we I definitely we did don't roll want
2: out. to search up my NFL ones because I I can be. <laughs> Pretty confident knowing that I'm on the under on that, but MBA <laughs> I feel probably pretty good since I've been starting to do this probably uh, two three years ago that I'm close to positive. But um, yeah, I the, I see all my entries in there and I'm like, oh gosh, that, that's a that's quite a few. So not like, even close to positive. I, I feel I've, I've been pretty successful with it for the most part, but that's what happens when I'm playing a lot of double ups as opposed to tournaments right right and that's where you're playing and and the lineup that you had monday actually did pretty well in the tournaments
1: yeah it did well unfortunately i used a couple different lineups that day and i you know entered that one into you know a smaller dollar contest you know so
2: well That's not unfortunate that's that's a legitimate strategy right right (laughs) true
1: don't knock yourself you you put together a really good lineup you would have liked to have that lineup in you know
2: uh, a higher price contest for a higher payout, but I mean, it is what it is. I think you're second-guessing yourself. Just take the compliment and run. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> Alright, well, we're going to go along with your compliment running. We're just going to go right into Tuesday's perfect lineup. Um, again, on Roto, where we can go through and see the optimizer's perfect lineup for Tuesday's slate. Again, three games are about. We're looking at point guard Devin Harris and Damian Lillard, so uh, they're going against each other. Devin Harris going against the Trailblazers. Damian Lillard going against the Mavericks. L- Harris was at 3600 and Lillard was at $8,600. Uh, at shoot We had Nicholas Batum and James Harden. Batum was at 7,400 and Harden at 12,700. Small four saw Trevor Ariza at 5,600 and Michael Kidd Gilchrist at 5,200. Power forward had Dirk Nowitzki and Frank Kaminski. Wow, that's kind of fun to put those two (laughs) together. I didn't even realize that. Nowitzki. Yeah, that was pretty good. The skis. Uh, Nowitzki was playing the Trailblazers while Kaminski was playing the Nets. Nowitzki was at 5,400 and Kaminski, 4,500. And then rounding it out was Nicole Vujicic at center. Playing the Rockets at sixty nine hundred. Any big takeaways from the relatively small lineup on Tuesday? You know, since we live in Madison, I obviously need to point out the
1: fact that we had two former Badgers in the list. With you know both Devin Harris and uh, Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, Harris's performance wasn't necessarily impressive. You know, he, he snuck in there somehow. I'm not quite sure. Um, but Kaminsky had himself a game. He the, the Hornets actually just shipped out Spencer Hawes and Hibbert to the Bucks. Yep. Um, you know, Cody Zeller still hurt as well. So um kaminsky's been getting a bunch of runners i think he started the last two games um so he had a double double 12 points 11 rebounds added five assists and a steal um so yeah 34 fan points for him you know i'm kind of hoping he rolls that over here in the next few games if zeller's still out and kind of picks up a bigger role uh, but it should be interesting to see uh, what he ends up getting once you know zeller's healthy and if Plumlee plays pretty well
2: we didn't them. get a chance to talk about this but what did you think of that bucks trade i i, I being a bucks fan was shocked. I was stunned that we were able to get rid of Plumlee's contract. Yeah, um, and I actually think that Hibbert might be able to provide some defense, which is something I feel like the Bucks are actually lacking, at least at the big man spot. And whatever Hawes can provide in outside shooting is more than enough. Than because we just have nothing as yeah. far as stretch forwards I mean, go. So personally,
1: w- I'd, I'd rather not have Hibbert see the floor ever again. Uh, really, on my team. Um, Why is that? I just I don't I think he's trash. I really do. I okay. think he's fallen off so far that. Um, it's not something I want on on the floor. Like he can't move. I feel like that's
2: is just his feet are so seven bad feet now. Tall and you can just stand in front of the worm. Do you really need to move that well? And I understand that you know NBA players are absolute athletes, and you can kind of maneuver around. Tree trunks that are Roy Hibbert, but right? At this, I feel like he has to provide or has to be able to provide some defensive, right? Backbone, no, I agree. Right?
1: There's some like shot blocking potential and you know just being in the way type of thing for him. But I mean, the Bucks do have like five centers now, so right? It's well, like, what
2: about what about this? What about he brings a certain attitude to the team? You can, that they I'll might give you that. Like that he's a veteran guy. Yeah, was well, won- he was at the Pacers. I mean, I feel like he was. He, he might have had a defensive player of the year in there. I think. Y- yeah, I'm not positive because that was right around Quand- when Kawhi Leonard was really starting to rise to prominence with that. Yeah, I could be wrong. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just felt like Hibbert brought a lot of teeth to that Pacers defense that was really good. Yeah. And if he can even talk his way into providing some teeth to the Bucks defense, that's a win right there. And then plus to get rid of Plumlee's contract, which was bad at the time we signed it and has only gotten worse since. I thought this was a huge win for the Bucks.
1: Yeah, I loved it. Just just the Plumlee contract. Like I could be fully... Like not, like the other two players, I could like if they weren't even in the deal, I was fine with it. You know, as long as you get rid of Plumlee's uh, contract and that save us, a lot, we, we can get like another twelve million right um, to throw around even in free agency next season or and at the end of this season. And there's not so any huge. guarantee
2: that the Bucks are going to sign free agents. That's not necessarily what right. I'm thinking, and I think that's why they they went ahead and extended so many contracts as it was uh, last offseason. But at the same time, Plumlee is at best. Right, or at least for the Bucks rotation, he was a third center coming out like it just didn't it didn't seem to work Why you'd be paying him eleven million a year. Yeah, they tried to start him a couple times and he just didn't do anything, so then they got into that ugly rotation with Monroe and Henson, so And now we have Thom Maker kinda of, kinda of mixing in there too. Yeah, exactly. I just yeah, it it wasn't a a good signing at the time like i just and i'll be frank with it because i've actually liked a lot of his moves that he's made that the bucks gm um but just this is definitely not one of them so the fact that he's able to get rid of that contract was huge yeah i loved it well let's go ahead and break down the 12 game slate um going in eastern time we have starting first the Cleveland, I was going to say the Cleveland Indians, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to take on the Indiana Pacers at 7 o'clock, we have the Spurs and 76ers at 7, and then the Nuggets and Hawks at 7.30, the Lakers and Pistons follow at 7.30, and then uh, we have the Nets and Wizards at 7.30. At the 8 o'clock slate, we have Miami and the guys we were just talking about, the Bucks, uh, Raptors and Timberwolves, Suns, Grizzlies. Clippers, Knicks, uh, and the Utah Jazz against the Pelicans. Those were all 8 o'clock games Eastern time. And the late games, we'll see the Bulls and Warriors, which will be pretty interesting to watch, actually, and the Celtics versus the, the Sacramento Kings. So a huge slate of games. Um, honestly, there, there aren't that many notable injuries to go through, but we'll kind of walk it through with, with the, each lineup and each game that's going to be taking place. So starting off with the Cavaliers and the Pacers, we already know J.R. Smith out. We know Shumpert's going to be out for the next two games. With his ankle injury, uh, DeAndre Liggins will start. And then Thad Young with a wrist is going to be a game-time decision. He's missed the last two games. Lavoie Allen could start in his place, and he has been starting his place. So uh, if Thaddeus Young is out, expect Allen to take place. With the Spurs and 76ers, we have Paul Gasol, who's going to be out with his finger injury. We already know that one. We know Kawhi Leonard will play. He missed Monday's game with a quad injury, but he's, he's gotten over the lingering issue. And we also know that Joel Embiid, yeah, his he's game-time decision might miss this game as well he's missed the last six we really don't know yet we do know that he's wearing goggles which is all that really matters <laughs> right i mean for his basketball he's going to
1: be looking fierce with that i mean i've always wanted to wear like a full a full mask in a
2: game i don't understand i don't understand it's a jason mask or something like that i don't understand that. why he's doing it but that's that's fine like yeah, fair. and b can literally do whatever he wants i feel like at this point he's he's the darling of the nba yeah Yeah, so uh, going over to the Nuggets and Hawks matchup, we know Danilo uh, Danilo Gallinari will be out with his groin injury. We're expecting to be out at least the next week. Kenneth Fareed will play. He had a personal issue, but we're expecting him to start and play at power forward. Emmanuel Moutier with his back injury is going to be out. That means another start for the immortal Jameer Nelson. And then Tablo Savalosha will be out missing his sixth straight game for the Hawks with the groin injury. Going over to the Lakers and Pistons, only real injury to note, and it's not too much of a big one for DFS purposes, Reggie Bullock. Illness, he's a game-time decision. Again, kind of a minor player, so no real need to worry there. We're looking over at the Wizards' Nets. Ian Mahimi will be a game-time decision with his knee injury. He's been out since November 26. But he could be cleared to play for a few minutes. I don't think that it would be enough to move the needle as far as DFS purposes. But last year with the Pacers, he was kind of one of those underrated centers that you wanted to go when you were looking a little cheaper that you could find some production out of them giving it 20, 25 points. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he's got Marcin Gortat still in that, yeah. that rotation, too. So he's going to be probably limited around 20 minutes once he's at full strength. And um, until then, he's, you know, it's only going to be a couple of minutes here and there until he's, he's back.
2: Looking at the Nets side, we know Jeremy Lin's out with the hamstring injury. Injury Quincy Acey is going to be out with an ankle injury. And Carlos uh, LeVert is going to be out, uh, well, game-time decision with his knee injury. He is expected to play, though. Going over to the Bucks and Heat. Heat, we have a few injuries that we've kind of been watching for a while now. Justice Winslow out with a shoulder injury. Josh Richardson out with an ankle injury. Still targeting a return before the All-Star break. That's a notable thing if you're keeping track of that guard spot. But Deion Waiters is doubtful with his ankle. He sprained it during Tuesday's game. Uh, if he's out, and it's we're kind of expecting that because he's listed as doubtful, that's Wayne Ellington, Tyler Johnson territory to pick up more guards or pick up more minutes at the shooting yard yeah. spot. Uh, Toronto and Minnesota, we see a few injuries here. Patrick Patterson, the knee injury, he's a game time decision. He's missed the last two games. We talked Monday's podcast about the few options that the Raptors had, but unfortunately with Patterson out, we really haven't seen anyone step up too significantly for DFS purposes. So uh, Zach Levine, we we discussed him. Pretty pretty extensively on Monday, out with a knee injury. It's kind of a sad thing for me. Uh, I think sad thing for the NBA too. And then Adrian Payne with an illness. He's diagnosed with a low um, uh, platin count and will be out indefinitely while undergoing treatment. That's not really fantasy relevant stuff, but kind of a sad thing too. The Devils yeah. are just dealing with a lot of a lot of things right now. Right.
1: It's tougher when like the the league's younger superstar you know
2: well the talent with their team yeah there's a lot of different factors that are going in and how the timbers are developing and we know as a younger team that we're hoping to see some of these guys play right and right. It just hasn't been the case yeah one fantasy relevant injury from that though is chris dunn with his hand injury he sat out the last two games he is listed as a game time decision um if he plays expect him to take some of those minutes that zach Levine is going to forfeit with his with his knee injury the Suns-Grizzlies really only has one injury to note. Dragon Bender is going to be out. I think he's actually done for the season, if I if I saw this correctly as I was going through Twitter, um, with his uh, ankle injury. Um, but I think more information is probably going to come out in the coming days. Going over to the Clippers-Knicks, Chris Paul, we already know, is going to be out. Lance Thomas is going to be out. King Noah, however, is a game-time decision with his hamstring injury. It's you know, We're looking at he could miss um, the next three games or so, but... Uh, we we don't know quite know what his stats will be moving forward. So we're we're kinda of keeping an eye on it. At the same time I don't really feel like Noah is that much of a, a move the needle kinda of D F S guy.
1: Yeah, no, but, he's yeah he's not that great, but I mean it does give some value.
2: You know, we talked about yeah the but, previous pods with Hernan Gomez. Well now he's shooting up to six thousand. So like, oh, wow, that's yeah. that now we're getting to the point where oh, I don't know if I want to pay that kind of price for Hernan Gomez despite how fantastic he's been playing. Right. And honestly I think he's the the best story to come out of the next uh, this whole year, like I know Porzingis is Porzingis, but Hernan Gomez's development is is really a fascinating topic for a team that's had a lot of trouble and a lot of trite with uh, Carmelo Anthony and Phil Jackson stuff that's been going on. Yeah, that's definitely huge for them,
1: um, especially yeah to get another young guy like Porzingis. That's at least another building block for them.
2: Two injuries to note in the Jazz Pelicans. Rodney Hood will be out with a knee injury, and Tyreek Evans with an ankle injury is doubtful to play. So looking to fill out the guard spot in either of those, you can kind of maybe find some value if we figure out uh, near game lock time who is going to be playing. The Bulls and Warriors, again, I mentioned earlier, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Well, it's not going to be fun uh, fun for Bulls fans because Jimmy Butler is out with a heel injury. He's missed the last two games. Now it's going to be third. That means uh, Dwayne Wade is going to move over to small forward. He's actually been playing pretty well uh, lately, so... DFS wise, I mean, he's certainly an option even against a, a pretty stout Warriors defense. Michael Carter Williams will then be inserted into the lineup as as the shooting guard replacement. Um, breaking breaking news also, I guess Dwayne Wade. I just talked about him. I, <laughs> I, I should have read a little farther down in this, right? Uh, he's he is game time decision with an illness. So in fact, we don't know where Dwayne Wade might be going um, with Butler out. That's that's going to open up a lot of different minutes for if if Wade is also out too yeah that did kind of just come across
1: right now um so we could see you know pretty big minutes for someone like Doug McDermott um Paul Zipser maybe as well so um yeah that's definitely something to keep in mind you know with um the tough thing about that is it's one of the later games so there's no guarantee we get a you know a final word on his his status before lineup lock um but yeah if he does end up sitting out I think you know Doug McDermott's probably going to be
2: a pretty highly owned guy at least on on the warrior side we still have a few notable injuries zaza paculich is out with his shoulder injury and david west kind of more of a rotation piece at this point in his career is out with a thumb injury clay thompson is a game time decision he missed monday and tuesday's practice after the death of his grandfather uh personal reasons obviously i don't want to really get into too much of that but um i would keep track and see if he is available in fact for wednesday's game because there's understandably uh, if he were to miss that game I'd, it, we get it right exactly Finally, the last game of the the night, we have the Celtics against the Kings. Avery Bradley out with the Achilles injury. I'm sorry, out for the Achilles injury. He's going to be out for the upcoming four-game road trip. So uh, look for extended minutes from Marcus Smart potentially. Jonas Rebko without is a game from decision with his nose injury. He'll likely play with a mask. Um, Demarcus Cousins, kind of a big deal since he's one of the highest priced players on the slate. He's going to be out with a suspension. He picked up his fifteenth and sixteenth technical against the Bulls on Monday, meaning he is out and going to be serving a suspension for this game. Rudy Gay, obviously, we know he's out for the season, and Omar Caspi out with a foot injury. Finally, Garrett Temple—not much of a DFS option, really—but he's going to be out with a hamstring injury. So, lots and lots of different injuries to look at there, Ben. Who are you kind of picking out, uh, seeing some value from these from these things here?
1: Well, yeah. Now that we got that latest, you know, Butler Wade news, that's pretty huge for for the Bulls. So, I think that's something to keep in mind. I already talked about um, a guy like Doug McDermott. Um, so, yeah, we we, we mentioned that. Um, otherwise, I, I do like the the uh, the Boston-Sacramento game. Um, I think that has some decent implications. You know, Rudy Gay is already out for this season. Um, but, yeah, with DeMarcus getting that one-game suspension um, for that 15th and 16th technical foul, um, yeah, they're they're without their two superstars. So, I mean, that's a ton of minutes to go around. Um, so, I think guys like Matt Barnes, Anthony Tolliver, they're likely going to take on a bunch of extra playing time. Um, I think Darren Collison, maybe Ty Lawson have to step up offensively. So, that's another, you know, a couple of players to keep in mind. Um, and then on Boston's, the Boston side of things, you know, Avery Bradley, you mentioned he's out for the next four games uh marcus smart's actually been you know dominating that extra playing time off the bench um so he yeah he'll get like a 30 minute role mm-hmm. so that's he's someone to keep in mind i think he's around like the upper five thousands if i remember correctly and then uh yeah Jalen brown as well he's he's likely going to work with the starting five again um hasn't produced anything too spectacular uh, of late but when, you know when he's getting those minutes it's still someone you know to, to keep in mind when you know, i think he's 3800 so near minimum contract
2: are you concerned? Well, not even are you concerned. Are you looking at either Kostov, Kufos or Willie Cauley-Stein as a, a center option from the Kings with Cousins out? I don't I, I don't love Kufos just because I don't think he—I
1: don't know if he scores that much, does he? No,
2: like, no. I mean, they both are actually—because uh, I was really eyeing them up with Cousins out. Neither of them are consistently putting up many points and really not actually that much rebounds. Now, if Cousins is playing that much, I, I think I understand why neither of them are really picking up that much production. But. right. I don't feel comfortable starting either, which they're right around the 4,000. I think, um, I, and I'm doing this out looking, I think Kostov is around 48, and then Kali Steiner is around 42, but it could have been mismatched between those guys. Yeah, Neither of them are really putting up that many stats that you're like, oh yeah, that's who's going to play with Cousins out. So I would keep an eye on it. I'm expecting Kufos to take over that, but I wouldn't necessarily expect him to have the minutes bump up. I actually could see them using more of Kawhi's Stein, but I really don't know. And I was curious if you had an uh, opinion one way or another.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I, I have a feeling they're going to go small, so maybe like Anthony Tolliver at the four okay. or something weird like that. Um, that's, that's, yeah,
2: and that's probably. I mean, that's how NBA is trending. Just right. And together. The, the Kings
1: use like a million lineups every every season because they just have no stability. But um, yeah, I, I just I also don't like the Kufos pick at all I, I don't think there's enough upside and he, he worries me where I, I'm not comfortable I mean he's, he's not, it's not like he's a minimum you know he's not right. like 35 that's exactly like
2: 4900 right um, okay I was close I was yeah <laughs> you were pretty close <laughs> no um, I, I agree like if it was closer to a minimum contract then you roll the dice right but that's not the case that's not the case with Kali Stein either so I don't know if I feel comfortable using either which is kind of unfortunate because I think the Cousins injury could open up a lot of doors right. hopefully you're right in the fact that he do end up going small but I'd keep track of that um to despite the fact that it is one of the latest games on the slate, see if those things are kind of trickling out before the game time, and we can exactly. we can adjust your lineups accordingly. We, we discussed the injuries. Is there any real uh, approach that you're taking to this lineup um, with 12 games going on in the slate, Ben? I, I think it's safe
1: to fade some of the higher-priced guys. Uh, Anthony Davis against the Jazz is not something I really want to test out. Um, LeBron, Karl-Anthony Towns, Giannis all have tougher games as well Um, so I think there's some value by taking a a more conservative approach tonight.
2: I agree with you I think we're on the same wavelength Um, some of the higher guys are a lot easier to fade in my mind but for tournament purposes that actually might make them a little more appealing so yeah of the four that you just mentioned there the four being uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Karl-Anthony Towns, and Giannis the Greek freak do you feel which one do you feel is most comfortable to play?
1: I would probably lean towards LeBron or Giannis, uh, but if I'm forced to pick one, I think it's safer to go with LeBron. You know, the Cavaliers are talking about sitting uh, for Thursday's game, I think, uh, for, for rest. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he kind of just goes off and um, puts it all out there, gets a huge minutes load. Um, it, it's also against Paul George. So LeBron likes to step up against tough, tough competition. So that could be another factor. And I think he just blew up for 67 FanDuel points on Monday. Um, and 32, you know, normal points. Right. I'd always That that switch there is always weird. He's, yeah, he's had 32 normal regular points in each of the last two games,
2: too. So, offensively, he's playing really well. I have to agree with you. It's probably one of those two if I was to use one of the higher-priced guys. Um, obviously, we'll get to our lamps in a little bit, and I don't think either of us are using any of those top four, but uh, if forced to choose, I'd probably go with Giannis. I, I'm not terrified with the Heat matchup. Both teams kind of need this win to stay in the playoff hunt. Yeah. I know we're still, we still got a lot of time in the season yet, but... Uh, you're probably competing with the Heat if you're the Bucks for a playoff spot, and vice versa. So, um, to end that 11 game winning streak, I think that Giannis is going to have to put on a show. Um, and for one of the l- less expensive, high price guys, that would be the option that I would go okay. to. So, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, def- definitely understand. I don't that. think you can go wrong uh, if you're if you feel like you have to. But again, neither of us really feel like that's the direction we want to go. So, um, I'm going to present a question to you, um, kind of based off of this conversation that we're just going. You have to pay up high at two of the spots, either point guard, small forward, or power forward, center. Which one are you paying up for? I'd probably pay more up for the point guard, small forward, rather than that power forward,
1: center. You know, John Wall was uh, one of those guys where he's got a great matchup tonight. I think he's like 10,000, a little more than that. Yeah, I think um, 10,500, actually. No, t- oh, wow, well, okay. Well, either way, you know, he's still he's still a great, he's got a great matchup against the Nets, um, well, there's other guys like Curry and Eric Bledsoe, who are you know pretty pretty high uh, salaried players at point guard, um, and then at small forward, I, I do like Kevin Durant quite a bit, actually. You know, I think he's due for a pretty big night. He had just ten points and two assists um, on Saturday, and that that despite never
2: Draymond Green yelling at him, he right, wasn't right. able to do that well. You're kidding me? No, it's unheard of. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, he did have nine rebounds though, and that's kind of saved his line a little bit. But still, you know, I have a feeling he could end up blowing blowing up for you know that that solid bounce back game. Um, but then, yeah, power forward center, I think there's enough depth there where we can, um, it's safer to pay down at
2: least. Yeah, I think that's probably the fair way of putting it. If I if I had to pick one of those two, if we're trying to combo the two positions together, I'd probably begrudgingly agree that I would go with the point guard small forward option. I, I don't normally like to pay up for point guard, but I think that there are actually a decent amount of high-priced guys that you could, and I don't really find that much depth later on. I mean, we were talking about John Wall at 10500 He's actually the fifth highest-priced guy on Monday's I'm sorry on Wednesday's slate so it's not like uh he is the most expensive player of the night by any means right and I I think he's he's got a juicy matchup so we can't really deny that and I also don't really care for any of the higher priced options at power forward and center like I'm staying away from Anthony Davis I don't like Nicole Djokovic I'm not really a huge Kevin Love fan at least for tonight and Kevin Love was I think fifth or sixth in the high priced area for power forwards but at the same time I just I am not going there and while I think Carl Anthony Towns at his price near the near the 10,000 mark is okay um I'm not a huge fan of that either and there's six center I'm sorry five centers that are around that 7,000 price range varying that a little bit so I I like those centers much more than I like paying up eight thousand, nine thousand, ten thousand. if you're going Carl Anthony Towns at center so therefore if you are forcing me to pick point guard, small forward or power forward center I'm definitely going po- uh, point guard and small forward.
1: Yeah, and Towns has that tough matchup with the Raptors too. You know, he's going up against going up against Valanciunas. So, yeah, I'm I'm avoiding that, especially if you're trying to. I mean, when you get those high price guys, you almost have to have guaranteed
2: production, and, and that worries me a little bit. Absolutely. Well, we've been talking a lot about. Of- We've been talking a lot of basketball, but baseball is just right around the corner. Don't get stranded on first base without a RotoWire subscription, and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Go to fanduel.com RotoWire to claim the prize. Must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel in order to get the six-month free subscription. That's fanduel.com RotoWire. All right. Well, let's talk about one of RotoWire's one of my favorite features on RotoWire, the optimizer. Um, the The optimizer is suggesting point guard John Wall and Dennis Schrader as the two options for its uh, the best available option. So Wall going against the Nets Wednesday at ten thousand five hundred. We discussed him pretty well uh, just a bit ago. Dennis Schrader at six thousand two hundred. I keep saying Schrader. I like saying Schrader. It's Schroeder. Schroeder, Schroeder. Schroeder. I think it's Schroeder, right? Yeah, we're both probably wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. That's absolutely right. I, I know for certain it's not think, Schrader, but I just feel like I want to say I think say you're it. right. I think it's Schroeder. We'll, we'll go with Schroeder right now, but you guys can comment and make fun of us. I'm fine with that. At Shooting Guard, we have Bradley Beal going against the Nets at 7400 and Monta Ellis, my boy who really disappointed me on, on Monday. He's going against the Cavs. He is minimum price at 3500 Small forward, we have Kent Bazemore going against the Nuggets, 4700 and Jalen Brown, who could see some more extended minutes with... Avery Bradley out. He's going against the Kings at 3800. Blake Griffin at 9400 and LaMarcus Aldridge at 7600 are your power forward options on the RotoWire optimizer and running it out at center is Marcin Gortat going against the Nets at 6900. Ben, what are your thoughts on the RotoWire optimizer lineup?
1: Yeah, I think the overall strategy is pretty solid here. You know, like we said John Wall is one of the better high salaried guys to play for tonight. Um in plain terms the Nets suck. They give up the most Fandu points. <laughs> that's true. You, you don't have to sugarcoat that. Right. They give up the most Fanduel points to point guards in the league. Uh, so, yeah, Walsh should have a pretty direct route to big night. Um, I think the optimizer chooses some decent value plays. And um, guys like Jalen Brown and Kent Bazemore, um, like you said, Brown should get a decent decent amount of minutes with um, Bradley out. But, I mean, he hasn't produced lately, but he, he does have the upside. We've seen him have a couple 30 Fanduel point right. games. So that's that's still an option i'm not a fan of ellis you know you mentioned him um but i mean that's that's kind of to be expected with a minimum price guy um he is a scorer i mean that at least gives some upside um to you know to him having a solid showing on any given night um but yeah which is which is kind of what you're looking for if you have a minimum guy in there you you want a guy that has that potential um to go off but at the same time I, i do like the blake griffin play um but we can get into that later as well, maybe. Yeah once yeah. we talk about I, lineups.
2: I, I like the Jalen Brown. Um I think he's actually been seeing he's been starting a few games. Um at thirty eight hundred, which is his price again for Wednesday's slate. I, I think if you're thinking he's gonna get thirty FanDuel points, that's probably a stretch, but to say he's gonna get twenty to twenty five, which which is not at all hard to imagine is probably great value for his 3,800 price tag. I do not like Ellis, just like you mentioned before, (laughs) and that's strictly because he burned me so bad on Monday. (laughs) You're talking about him scoring a whole bunch of points. Yeah, his whole two points that he scored against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who allow, like, I don't know, the second most – Fanduel points two shooting guards. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not great. That's that's horrible. True. No, so no, that. I don't feel like recommending him again to you guys. I'm sorry that I did it the first time. <laughs> I feel like I should have my DFS card taken away because I did that. Um, but can I have passed this time. I have learned my lesson. I'm not using him in my lineup. Uh, and you, as the listeners, can feel free to to venture in those waters, but I'm staying away. <laughs> Otherwise, I do actually like the lineup. Um, i'm never really a fan of of paying up too high and at times the optimizer does that which is which is fine because it's looking for the highest highest variance um at the same time i don't think that's this case and really is a pretty good double up lineup if you're just plug and play kind of thing and i don't suggest anyone should be but if you were to just take this lineup i think it would probably do pretty successfully there so i i really don't have too many qualms with it um i I also liked the lower price options which you mentioned there really aren't that many that i can just pinpoint and, and find out so yeah, I, I think overall it's a, it's a pretty good lineup. Um, I guess moving on past the Rotowire Optimizer lineup, let's go ahead and discuss your lineup as a whole. Um, last last Monday we did a whole lineup where I kind of did a themed thing where I'm basing off of certain points and matchups, and, uh, well, basically that didn't go well for me. So I think the best way to do this is actually that you go ahead, since you are the victor of Monday's <laughs> slate and victor of everyone, apparently, because you had... Such a good score. Um, how about we just go through your lineup first, kind of discuss some players and, and uh, strategy that you're taking for Wednesday's large 12-game slate? For sure, yeah.
1: Point guard, I'm actually paying down. I'm paying up, paying up at some other positions, so point guard, I'm, I'm down a little bit. I got Raymond Felton against the Knicks at 4800 um, Ty Lawson against the Celtics at 4700 um, At shooting guard, I'm, I'm going DeMar DeRozan. Um, as one of my bigger plays here, 8,900 against the Timberwolves. Well, I'm pairing him with Tony Allen. Your uh, boy. Be- You're <laughs> be- Begrudgingly with Tony Allen. <laughs> Don't even, it's not begrudging. You're happy. You're happy to put him in your lineup every time. I do. I do like your reaction when I put him in there. But, <laughs> um, no, he's going up against the Suns, so, I mean, why not? Um, yeah, Suns 40, are not good. 4,400, defense. pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, small forward, I'm going Paul George against the Cavs. Who surprisingly give up a decent amount of points yeah. to, to small forwards? He's at eighty six hundred. Um, we mentioned before Jalen Brown against the uh, the injury plagued Kings, so I think that's that's a nice play at thirty eight hundred. Um, Blake Griffin against the Knicks. Um, he's my uh, highest paid guy tonight, ninety four hundred. Um, and then my other power forward spot. I'm going Draymond Green uh, against the Bulls for seventy eight hundred. And then at center, who I will I will say this is actually my play of the night. Uh, this
2: is this is, this this, is your buddy-heeled play of the night? This is my buddy-heeled <laughs> play of the night.
1: No, uh, yeah, but yes, Al Horford, uh, who's going up against the Kings without DeMarcus Cousins, um, at only 7,600. So
2: I do like him. So I, I missed it before when we were kind of going through our podcast prep. Um, I have some, some questions about Blake Griffin. Not so much I don't think he can produce against the Knicks, because everyone can produce against the Knicks. Um, my thought is that at 9,400, I did not want to really pay up at power forward, and neither did you, but here we are with your lineup, being you know, Blake Griffin. So walk me through that one. Yeah, the thing is, I got Blake Griffin and Draymond, so I kind
1: of paid up a little bit for both, <laughs> despite, you know, saying that's not exactly what I wanted to do. Hypocrite. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, we talked a little bit about Griffin during Monday's pod, I believe, you know, mentioning mentioning that I thought he was going to take, you know, on a, a pretty, a, a much bigger role offensively, I should say, you know, with Chris Paul sitting out. And that's kind of what he did. Um, he went up for 26 points. Um, but he also had 11 assists in, in 11 rebounds, and the assists kind of made me, you know, seem like they're kind of playing through him a little more. Uh, so he's being more of a playmaker, and that's kind of what you, you like to have, especially for a big man. Um, but yeah, he's got an extremely high floor. Um, he's getting minutes in the mid to upper thirties. There's going to be a lot of you know stats available for him. And it's like you said, it's a decent matchup with the Knicks, who who give up the tenth most Fanduel points to power Force, I believe. Oh, um, nice. Okay. So yeah. So when you you put that all together, I think I think that's a pretty elite play. I mean, you do wish he would be down a little little more the eight you know upper eight thousands um, for his, for his price, but I, I still think there's there's enough value there.
2: Blake Griffin is one of the most underrated big men passer in the league. I, I mean, we get. Enamored with his dunking at least earlier in his career and then the fact that he can actually hit an outside J every once in a while. Um, but he's a very, very, very good passer among m- many other things that he he as well. So I agree with you and that's kind of an interesting note that that's kind of one of the things you're picking out. I would imagine that the Clippers are going to be able to score successfully with a wide variety of players. It won't be just you know, shove it down their throat with Blake Griffin, but right, it could right. be passing to Jamal Crawford, JJ Redick. It could be Austin Rivers' pick and roll type of deal. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that I think that they could and will score against the Knicks. So yeah, that's not a bad idea. I just thought for ninety four hundred, that's not where I want to go. Uh, looking at the twelve game slate, but yeah, a little bit of a hypocrite that you're saying. I don't <laughs> want to. I don't want to pay it for power yeah. forward, and then I do pay it for power yeah. forward. No, you're not wrong. Because you paid it for power forward, you are paying down at point guard. Um, and we have Raymond Felton and Ty Lawson, like you mentioned. I'm curious of those not not in a you're wrong kind of way, but I'm curious why those two options. Yeah,
1: Lawson I'm I'm more higher I'm higher on Lawson actually tonight than than Felton. You know, he's pretty cheap at forty seven hundred. He's coming off the bench, you know, still with with Darren Collison running the show at point guard, but but the Kings are yeah they're pretty deep trouble with injuries like we like we mentioned earlier and you know considering they'll be without Rudy Gay Omri Caspi Garrett Temple Cousins you know they're gonna need a lot of bodies and that's a lot of minutes to go around so you know even while he's coming off the bench he's logged a thirty plus Fandle point games in two of his last three showings um, and there's even even one more body down like that's more minutes like he's gonna keep getting minutes that's true um, so I think yeah it's it's a pretty decent play you know it's not that great going up against the Celtics. Um, but I just think there's so many you know, diff- minutes available there, and they really don't have their, their best offensive options available. So I think a guy like Collison and Lawson are both players who are going to have to step it up.
2: I just wonder who covers him. Is it Isaiah Thomas? Is it Marcus Smart? Uh, where where are they going to go with covering? Because I think that makes a bi- that makes a big difference when Lawson's in there. I'm assuming that Lawson getting some of the bench minutes coming in would also mean that um, Isaiah Thomas might be out at that time. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean that Marcus Smart would be. In fact, I could see Marcus Smart leading more of a, a uh, backups heavy lineup out there. And with that case, he would be the point guard of that lineup. So. That would make me a little worried that Marcus right. Smart yep, be one, one of the better defenders, yeah. that that might not work out. But at under 5,000 for both of those point guard options, I don't think you can go wrong, especially with your your logic saying the Kings are just you know injury depleted, that it's just not going to end. You have, they have to have someone that scores. Right, yeah. So Lawson could definitely fit that role. I did want to bring up Al Horford before we moved on to my lineup, only because um, I, I like Horford quite a bit, especially with demarcus cousins out he's got to be one of those options and it brings up a a good reminder that my buddy healed lock of the night monday was demar Carroll, and that did not work out well at all he had 17.1 points so if i'm going to brag about getting one right i think i also have to be admitting that i'm wrong with demar Carroll. i was expecting more of a 20 25 point fan duel night from Carroll. so the fact that he got 17 shouldn't really be that big of a deal but it is to me and i want to be honest with you ben i appreciate that (laughs) okay so is there any more for Horford uh, reasons why you play him? Because I kind of went over mine, but I, I feel like you have more of an opinion on it. Yeah, I mean he's really cheap, like seventy six hundred, and he's going up against
1: like you said without the uh, King's team without DeMarcus Cousins. You know they already gave up a decent amount of Fanduel points to centers on a regular basis anyway with with Cousins in the lineup. Um, so yeah, without him, I, I, I love Horford's play. Um, yeah, he's coming off a thirteen point, fifteen rebound um, double double, I believe. Um, and he surprisingly racks up a decent amount of assists for, for a big man, and he's had six or more in each of the last five games. So that's that's a huge boost for for you know the guy's value who already is a double-double threat with points and rebounds.
2: Just like um, the Clippers going against the Knicks, I really believe that the Celtics will probably find a wide variety of ways to score against the Kings, meaning that Horford will have options to get assists. I'm anticipating actually a lot of offensive rebounds. I I know Kostov Kufos is actually a pretty good rebounder. That's his one skill set, it feels like, in the NBA. So I don't anticipate Horford getting like 20 rebounds Andre Drummond style. At the same time, what he provides to you passing-wise probably is going to be the reason he'll be out there playing 35 to Thirty-eight minutes, even against a poor Kings team. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of those. And well, actually, the Kings aren't that poor this year. But uh, but I at mean, least, with, yeah, with so many bodies not yeah. available, and defensively they just aren't that fantastic. Yeah, I don't think that's a stretch to say that. So, um, well, I guess that's probably time for me to go to my lineup. Then we've discussed quite a bit on Wednesday's podcast our love for John Wall. So yeah, he'll be in my lineup going against the Nets at ten thousand five hundred. He's by far the highest priced player, and then actually got a whole bunch of. Uh, middling options with there and it's kind of where we can discuss our overall strategy and i want to hear what you're kind of doing with your lineup obviously we saw the players but um it's a little bit counter to what you normally do but i'll finish up my lineup dennis Schroeder uh finally got his name right this time <laughs> going against the nuggets at sixty two thousand or 6200 i'm sorry i like both of the optimizers point guard options tonight and i'm using them in my lineup at shooting guard i like bradley beal as well going against the nets at 7 4, 7400 lou williams who's been actually a pretty good um standard league fantasy uh, fantasy uh darling for me. At 6,300, he is going to score and score a lot. The Pistons, um, who he's playing against, are actually, uh, they allow top 10 points, FanDuel points at least for shooting guards, so I feel like Williams at the very least will be able to score and get close to that five times the value that we're looking for, and he might be able to attribute occasionally with the rebounds and assists, but I'm mainly going for the floor with the points at small four. The guy who actually did well for me in Monday's lineup, Otto Porter, he kind of whooped up in the Cavaliers, and you had discussed how they are—they don't allow, or they allow quite a bit of points at small four, which is a little bit surprising, yeah, okay. given the fact that there's some guy named LeBron James that plays at small <laughs> four. Um, Otto Porter going against Nets. Nets don't—not surprisingly—they they struggle at small four too. So at six hundred, I'm back on the board with that. Marcus Morris going against the Lakers at 5,800, Like that play quite a bit. And then at power forward, we're kind of going cheaper again with the the 7,000 to 6,000 range. We have Gorgie Yang going against the Raptors. Raptors pretty good defensively, uh, but not really at power forward, especially with Patrick Patterson potentially out again. 5,500, I think that's pretty good value for a guy that I feel confident saying he'll get around 2,530 Fanduel points. Uh, Markeith Morris going against the Nets at 6,900 i'm a little questionable that i have a little bit concerns um if i'm being honest but nets aren't very good team aren't very good defensively <laughs> anywhere uh i want as much as i can in that matchup and i actually think that it'll be relatively close so it's just totally close and high scoring what we're going yeah I, for. I
1: do like morris actually i mean he's a guy that can put up 30 to 40 Fanduel points so I, I think no no that's fair i, I do i think he's, he's a scorer and he can pull in some boards too so i i, I I think you're underselling that play a little bit.
2: Well, if I'm being honest, I just really wanted to start both the twins in my lineup. <laughs> okay, it's okay. like the one time you can say it? Yeah, yeah. It would be kind of fun. I really wish <laughs> I would have read them together, too. Right. So. You can't put the Lopez twins together. You can only have one center. Like, this Absolutely. is
1: one of the, the small spots you can.
2: Yeah. So I, I want to take advantage of it when well, I could. That's fair. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Rounding out my lineup will be Jaleel Okafor um, going against the Spurs at 4,600. If Embiid is out and we're expecting him to be out, that's even with the goggles. Um, I think Okafor is going to be one of those plays that at 4,600, if he's getting 20 to 20, 25 you can't really be upset about that play um I don't know if he really has much more potential to go off than that I don't think he's gonna get a 40 point FanDuel night but I do think this could be a showcase game against a Spurs team that's very very good so yeah those
1: trade rumors you know scare me a little bit is that is that something you're no I don't think that's gonna hurt his minutes
2: or I don't think that's a scaring thing in fact I think that's the reason why I'm playing him I, I I'm not worried that um he's going to be potentially traded. I mean, I guess unless he gets traded that night, right. Right. Which is then I'll take him out of my lineup. But at the same time, (laughs) I think that the 76ers are looking to showcase Okafor to other people to trade saying, yeah, you know, the Pelicans are potentially offering a first round pick and some trash. Can we get another first round pick and more trash? <laughs> Can we get a, a decent player and <laughs> right, maybe a, right. a late first round pick? So if Okafor does well um I, I think that that's that's a, a kudos thing, especially against the spurs, yeah, yeah, and in fact, um, I think that's probably why they're keeping him beat out as much as they have been like playing it safe is one thing, but we're trying to boost our value a little bit for our third string center that we 're probably not going to use, so I think that's how we're looking at it. And, and in fact, I think Okafor will probably do well in this matchup so. Seventy six year will be doing something right.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear you. Is there any other
2: any other of those plays that you're specifically loving? Is it you know? Is there? I think it's cheap to say that I love the John Wall play, but at, yeah, because he's ten thousand five hundred. He's the fifth highest priced player on tonight's slate, and it's twelve game slate. At the same time, I think he is money. We felt really good about Anthony Davis. Monday going against the Suns, and he produced he almost got 60 FanDuel points. I think this is going to be someplace similar. You you were right on the John Wall train and he's kind of been riding this uh, slate of really good success lately, and I think that he'll continue that against the Nets that just are not good defensively. Yeah. And I still don't know if the Wizards are that good, so this might be actually closer than we think, whether it be rebounding assists, points. John Wall is going to get his. So it's not unreasonable for me to assume and expect and he's going to get about 50 Fandle points tonight.
1: Yeah, if I end up putting up in multiple lineups tonight, John Wall's definitely going to be a guy I consider every
2: single time. Like he, he, that, that matchup's too juicy not to you know, consider. I agree with you. I, I think that I would love to kind of get more of your thoughts on uh, the strategy that you use, because normally you're a guy that goes a little higher priced for some of these uh, players. And with so many higher priced options, I was a little bit surprised that you decided to stay relatively cheap and spread it all out.
1: Yeah, I just really didn't like the, you know, other than John Wall um, and maybe Kevin Durant, all those other higher priced guys, I, I didn't love their their matchups. And like we said, you know, you you don't want to pay up if, you, if you're if you not guaranteed that, you know, that big that big payout. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that 7,000 to the upper 7,000 to uh, mid 9,000 range for tonight's game. It was like DeMar DeRozan. Um, he, I think he's only in his second game back from an ankle injury, which is a little sketchy. Um, but at the same time, like he he ended up going off right right out of the gate. Right. So he like he had a big game. I, I love that play, Blake Griffin. We already talked about him. He's in the you know mid nine thousands. Paul George, like there's I just think there's so much good value in that like seven thousand to nine thousand range that um I wanted to get a bunch of them in there.
2: Um, like Draymond Green and Al Horford as well. So that's a good five guys in that in that range. And I can't disagree with you. I mean, looking at my lineup, I have one guy that's over ten thousand, and then I don't have a guy that's uh, above. 8,000. That's, that's it. Like I have a whole bunch of 62, 63, 66, and then some middling 55 guys. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and that's not, so much of a surprise for me as it is for you so i think we're actually on the same board for most for most of our lineups. we are just going to have different people playing and and figuring out so 12 game slate that allows you to do a lot of different things this might be one of those times where if you feel really really good about a certain player you make two three four lineups that are completely different just highlighting that one player and hoping that that's correct and goes off because if you have that one player right you very well might be in the money exactly no i completely agree Well, I think that does it for us on Wednesday's NBA DFS podcast. We'll be back again next Monday to talk more DFS hoops. Uh, Ben, where can the people find you at? Get me at Man doing work. You smile every time you say that. Why is that? (laughs) It's such a ridiculous I'll answer for you. It's because you have the best Twitter (laughs) handle, at Rotowire. As for me, you can follow me at jbfantasysports.com. Again, we'll be back next Monday discussing some more NBA hoops. See you then.